0: Alright, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? How's it going? How are you? How's your, uh, how's your foot? What's going on with your uh, hand? What's happening with your head? Did you get the stitches out? Are you losing it? How long before the blue cities fall? What's happening? Everybody okay? In your blue city? Where you're afraid to talk? How's it going? Texas? What a shit show. What a fucking nightmare. What a free-for-all. What a fascist playground. Everything transcends coincidence. How is that the home to the new tribalized anti-progressive comedy movement and the place that completely diminishes and abolishes women's health care rights and the place that just made it okay to carry a gun even if you don't know how to fucking use it? Go to Texas. Learn how to be An open hearted fascist willing to fucking hurt anybody and anything that annoys you or gets in your way. Welcome to the theocratic shit show that is Texas. But it's not even that, it's just psycho libertarian, pure, full on, anti progressive fascism. Hey, but man, Austin's a blue city. Who cares? No one should be spending a dime in that dump. Hey, but man, you know, it's like there's still good meat. You know what I mean? There's still a lot of good barbecue. Not a dime. Give to Planned Parenthood. Figure out, wow, you can help if there is any help to be had. Anyway, aside from that. Today on the show, Sashir Zameda is here. Uh, she was a uh, cast member on Saturday Night Live after a very rare uh, and intense, very public auditioning process. And since she left us and now she's been doing stand-up, voiceovers, the podcast, Best Friends with Nicole Byer, the ABC show Home Economics, the Hulu show Woke, and uh, ambassador work for the ACLU Busy Person and we had tried to talk at another time, and this is the time it happened. It was very nice to talk to her. It was a uh, a good chat. How is it going, man? Was it too negative an opening? Was I too intense up top? I've I'm getting I'm getting edgy. I'm getting callous, but I'm working. You know, I'm going out there and I'm doing the comedy every night, and it's been great to uh hang out with the uh, other comics. it's just there's this haunted feeling and I really don't want to you know be negative and I, and I do find uh, day-to-day hope but lately what I've been doing is I recently just pulled myself off of the task of doing Instagram lives because I just and I like, I really don't do any Twitter I'm not on Facebook at all and then I you know I can at least see what my life really looks like. But then you have to check in with the news to see, you know, the progress of the collapsing democracy and the progress of our uh, eroding and uh, violently dangerous environmental collapse. That seems to be those are the two things. That's all the news right there. You know, how are we going to survive? Environmentally in the future. And will we all be killed by our neighbors? Is that too dark? I, I've got some. I, I got some happier stuff. I do. I, I things are okay. You know, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow for a checkup. You know, because I I'm I'm having a little difficulty with my diet. I told you about uh, the Largo performance. Now. The guy who works with Jimmy Vivino as his guitar tech is this guy, Barry Skills. Great guy. He's been helping me with my guitars, getting everything in shape. Well, he also does tech work, guitar stuff, and kind of road manage-y, you know, road tech work uh, for Patti Smith. And he told me Patty Smith was going to be playing out at Pappy and Harriet's in the desert in Joshua Tree. And I've been there once with Dean just to get food. So I kind of knew where it was, but I've never seen a show out there. So I asked Barry, I said, look, man, do you think I could go see Patty? She's just doing this trio thing with her bass player and her son, and they go through the catalog, and it's nice. I hear sometimes she reads some poetry, but I always like seeing Patty Smith, and I've only seen her once, and it was amazing. So I asked Barry, I asked Skills, can you think I can get in there? And he's like, I don't know. I got to check. And then I'm like, should I just ask Patty? And I don't look, I have guests on here and, uh, you know, I don't ever pester them or follow up, but I happen to have her number and I have not really talked to her since a day or two after she did the show, but I just said, fuck it. You know, end times I texted Patty and I said, Hey, can I go to the show with my friend kit? And she's like, uh, let me check. And then she's like, no problem. And then out of nowhere, she says, You know, Barry says that you play guitar. Do you want to sit in on uh, the, you know, people have the power. And I'm like, what? I don't What? So in my experience with this type of thing, my impulse is to say yes, but then that's hijacked by my impulse to realize, like, if I say yes, I'm not going to be able to enjoy the show. I'm going to start worrying now, two days ahead of the the show, uh, and I'm going to freak out. And it's just going to be panic all the way up until the moment I get on stage. And then I'm going to hate myself for nothing, uh, for you know, fucking up a chord or a note or not doing it right. And uh, the entire experience is going to be selfish and stupid. And I'll just collapse into myself in a, a weird tornado of insecurity uh, that uh, does nothing but make me want to disappear. Oddly, uh, the tornado and... The disappearing thing happens at the same time. I I have an amazing balance. I don't know if it's a Libra thing, but my empathy for human beings is matched only by my contempt. So I thought it through, though, and after my recent experience on stage, I was like, you know what, dude? Just go have fun. You know, just play the song. Learn the song. I said, yes, I'll play. So I learned the song. Uh, It's on acoustic. I get out there, and I gotta be honest with you, folks. uh, I I used to be jealous of the people who... uh, Got on it and bought homes in Joshua Tree because there's always part of me that thinks like, well, that'd be nice to have a place out in the desert or have a place anywhere. But then I think about when I'm not there, which would probably be most of the time, what's going to be happening with the place and why do I have it? But anyway, all these hipsters that moved out there to live among the desert hippies and uh, off the gridders and true lizard people, you know, with their hipster skirts and their hipster haircuts and their sleeve tats and whatnot and they're three places to get coffee and their uh, airstream trailers all these people that moved out there i don't know man seems like the environmental axe is coming down and i hope you enjoy the desert so much in, to the to the degree that in about two years it's probably going to be about 145 degrees in the summer out there so enjoy joshua tree enjoy that piece of property when it's 157 out and your air conditioner doesn't work And you're wondering why you're always thirsty as you try to get to your car, your Land Rover or your classic vehicle. Wow. Why do I got to hurt people? Why? Just enjoy life, man. Just take it in. So I get out there to Pappy and Harriet's. I get out there early. And uh, and it was like during Gloria, skills told me to get ready, get on the side of the stage. And it was dusty there and it almost rained. It was one of those nights where. It was fucking kind of mystical and weird. So I get up there, get ready to go on. They call me up and the skills throws a guitar at me and I'm in it. And I was in it and it was great. And uh, I was just hanging out up there with Jackson playing for Patti Smith on the people have the power. And it was uh, moving. I And I, I just I, I adore her. And she's always amazing. And it was an amazing experience. But. And I and this is a small but as great as it was, we all leave the stage and they all get into a car. So that means I'm just there realizing that was the closer. We're not going back. I'm not going back. My guitar is in there and people are going to be leaving in a flurry out of the desert. So I had to think fast, you know, and I tell Kit, I'm like, just hang out. And I run back in to the outdoor venue, I guess you would call it. I I I run across the stage in front of it. I say, I get my guitar from Skills. I'm like, give me the guitar, my guitar, man. Good job. Thanks. And I run and, and I just grab Kit and I'm like, we got to get out of here, man. They're all staying. We got to get out of here. So I ran to the car, which is parked in a good place. And I threw the guitar in the car and we just bolted and we got out a- ahead of the crowd and again and I've talked about this before I talked about it at the about the Stones concert on my special but there's nothing more gratifying than like doing that thing where where you know you, you just act impulsively and you you you're on top of it and you avoid something that could be it, it this is I wouldn't say traumatic but annoying and we just got out ahead of it. It was like hit and run, man, and we we're out, and we were on the road, and I'd gotten into my head that, you know, tonight's the night we're having in and out Burger. And we stopped, and we had In-N-Out Burger, got out under the wire, played with Patti Smith. That was the, it, it was the whole arc of experience. Knowing that I could do it, and learning the song, and being in it, being present for it, not being freaked out. Enjoying being on stage with Patty and her people, getting off, freaking out, grabbing guitar, getting out ahead of the traffic, onto the road, and stopping at an in and out burger and just inhaling a double-double. Now, out of those three things, equally as exciting. The Patty Smith part, the most memorable, life-changing thing. In-N-Out burger, didn't feel great about it, but. While it was happening, awesome. Getting out ahead of traffic, that was a rush. Big night. Drug-free fun. And thank you, Patty, for having me. So right now it's uh, it's time to talk to Sashira Zameda. Uh, as I said before, she was uh, uh, on Saturday Night Live and she had this very dramatic process getting on it. Uh, you might know her from uh, the show Woke. Uh, She's also on the ABC show, Home Economics. She has a podcast called uh, Best Friends with Nicole Byer. Now she's on my podcast, talking to me right now. So you, you just moved recently?
1: In April, yeah. Oh,
0: so have you gone through all your shit? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I like had like a couple months where I could unpack a ton of stuff, and then then I had to leave and shoot in Atlanta for two months.
0: Wow, so is they, it wild to go through shit? Yeah, like I like it. it I don't know how much um, stuff gets sent to your podcast.
1: Yeah, a, a bit.
0: Right. Yeah. They, but do, where do they send it? PO box.
1: They were sending it to Earwolf for a while, and then, oh. and then now they'll send it to a PO box.
0: But they they didn't know your house address.
1: No, I try not to have anyone know my house address.
0: <laughs> it's hard to keep it hidden.
1: Yeah, I'm trying my hardest.
0: Yeah, you, I, I did too, yeah. I, and then I fucked up. Yeah, because I built this out, this mm-hmm. thing. I built this. Uh, this was a garage room, and then I had to make it like an apartment. Yeah, which it is. Yeah, but I didn't. I I got the permit in my name, as opposed mm. to the trust or what yeah i bought yeah. my house
1: in a trust yeah i tried to use my po box for everything yeah so, I'm tr- I so you're hope, still hidden hope, so, so, <laughs> so far i'm sure someone will figure it out but I'm, I'm hoping
0: but then i started doing live instagram lives from my porch so i might as well just advertise i mean
1: truly, yeah, yeah. may as well just be in front yeah. of the cross street yeah.
0: well they, now they know <laughs> yeah Now i just have to trust them yeah i have to trust that the the weirdos are not going to be down. dangerous ones
1: i know hopefully
0: yeah how do you have any dangerous weirdos Bad question. So far, not dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: When I was living in New York, this guy frequented a a variety show I used to host. Oh,
0: yeah. And I
1: could recognize his laugh, so I would, like, hang back and make sure I didn't run into him. Yeah. And then one day he found me at a different show that I wasn't even hosting, and it was my birthday, and Uh, he- Happy birthday. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) What a surprise. (laughs) And he brought a plush- Starship Enterprise, Uh. because my name's from Star Trek. So he was like, oh, you would like the Star Trek reference. He was like, happy birthday.
0: So wait, so it's from Star
1: Trek? Yeah, yeah. My parents were Trekkies.
0: They were? Are they still?
1: Yeah, still are. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they still watch.
0: Do Uh, they watch the Baby Yoda one? Or that start. That man, wars. That's yeah, star, star Wars. That Star Wars. Yeah. Star Trek. So upset that I'm you such said a, that. I'm such not a nerd. <laughs> wow, that's wild.
1: Yeah, they were so, like. Uh, they actually, I didn't get the full story till recently. That they, they were on a wine tour. I didn't realize. Um,
0: in uh, in California. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And they were drunk watching Star Trek <laughs> and
0: <laughs> drunk on wine. <laughs> yeah. Watching as, Star. Trek.
1: As you do. Mm. And uh, Captain Kirk was flirting with this alien princess. And, she, and he gives her a flower, yeah. a rose. Right. And also the title of the episode was By Any Other Name. Uh-huh. And oh, yeah. she goes, oh, we have something like this on my planet, except it's made out of crystal, and it's called Sashir. Wow. Yeah.
0: And that was it?
1: And that was it. They wrote that down. And, and that,
0: that's the only place that name exists? Well. I mean, if you looked it up, was it a made-up thing by a writer?
1: Yeah. Well, that, I mean, in that context, but there are people who have the name Sashir. Like when Facebook started and it was just college students. I was the only Sashir. Yeah. But then when they expanded to other people, it was right. like me and like a bunch of Indian men. So, <laughs> so there are there are other Sashirs out there.
0: <laughs> I wonder if that's the source of the name. Probably. Maybe it started in India. Maybe. I have an, I have an India issue right now uh, related to smells. It's, uh, ugh, I don't know. I Someone sent me a, a bar of uh, Ayurvedic indian soap it's a brand they have It's i can't remember the name of the brand so i'm like all right this might be nice i opened it and i put it in my bathroom the entire house smells like indian spice store now
1: oh interesting i
0: guess (laughs) yeah i
1: I think i might like that though
0: (laughs) it's pretty it's all right i i mean it's a nice smell yeah i I don't know what it's supposed to do or mean i don't know what ayurvedic soap does yeah but i don't don't know do you like uh what are we talking about soaps now I guess so. I do
1: I do like soaps.
0: <laughs> like different smelly soaps? Yeah.
1: I feel yeah. like I've also seen um lots of ayurvedic things yeah. online where it's like massages or right. or facials or like and the, food. And food, yeah. which is like I mean they're on the something, I don't know.
0: It's a it's a ty- it's a discipline of some sort. I yeah. can't I don't know what religion it comes from or or what the source of it is, but it yeah, it's a it's a holistic approach to life yeah yeah that's what that's what people do that's what i was thinking about that because your podcast i'm thinking about podcasts because i do a podcast but it's like i think most people do whether they want to or not or whether they think about it or not are doing lifestyle podcasts Mm -hmm. don't you
1: oh for sure everyone wants to know how everyone's living well yeah and like how are you doing and are you doing it better than me and how can i do it like
0: you do you think about that Mm-hmm. Like when you guys do the podcast, when you do the show, is it, do you have an approach where you're like, cause I, I didn't realize it until recently. I mean, I talk about stuff and I just started doing a, another podcast. Uh, I do a podcast with my friend Dean. Mm-hmm. But whether you know it or not, once you start talking about your life, people are listening to it. Yeah. for life things.
1: Yeah, we actually don't plan anything, which we maybe we should one day. But it's like you know, it's called best friends. So, and Nicole and I are best friends. And you are,
0: are really best friends. We are actually best
1: friends. Yeah, and you
0: and you can work together and still be best friends.
1: Yeah, That's I know. Good. It's, I feel really lucky. It's like not common.
0: But <laughs> well, how often do you record?
1: Um, we try to bank episodes. Like every couple of weeks, we'll do. Oh, a so it's every. Go- oh, that's
0: good. All right. Yeah. Well, oh, I see. So you're not wearing out the friendship by. Yeah, doing only every week. No. Conversing publicly. <laughs> no, do you still no. socialize privately? Oh yeah,
1: actually, yesterday we recorded for two hours, and then I we had dinner last last night and so. said nothing. <laughs> yeah, they were like, I'm. I have. I ran out. <laughs> actually, it's it's crazy. Nicole's the only person yeah. like. When we lived in New York, we spent so much time together because we would like go to auditions together. We would do UCB together. We would do improv shows at night together. And then we'd get dinner together. And then we'd go home and call each other on the phone. Like
0: we were uh,
1: very obsessed with each other. So um, that's sweet. Yeah. Doesn't she
0: have some kind of food show on the air now? Nailed it. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. She's
1: actually nominated for an Emmy for that. Oh.
0: I just I see the billboard. Yeah. I didn't see the show. The billboard, yeah. billboard seemed funny. But yeah. it's one of those things where because I'm getting old and I don't pay attention to everything, almost every billboard on sunset, I'm like, who the the fuck is that <laughs> who's the one named guy who's playing in <laughs> vegas yeah they're always djs but i saw her billboard yeah yeah what's that what's the angle on that
1: it's a competition show like the opposite of like a regular comp- competition like people there's like novices people yeah. who are not necessarily chefs or bakers and they're all trying to bake replicas of an actually good cake
0: oh so it's gonna be funny
1: it's funny yeah <laughs> so they make really bad cakes and then she makes fun of it and it's great
0: okay uh, not can't. <laughs> Can't lose with amateurs trying to do something <laughs> that they can't really do.
1: Yeah, do yeah. you cook? I don't. I don't. It doesn't bring me joy. I love to eat, but yeah. I don't. Oh, God. I don't really like the process of cooking. Yeah, I'm
0: in the. I'm in the. I'm in the midst of a a, a, a sort of a food shame spiral. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I just start, if I go work on the road, eventually, you know, when I get home, I'm just like, pizza's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not okay. It's never okay. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's not okay
1: though. Yeah, during the pandemic, I feel like I did a really good job of eating, trying to eat vegan. You did, yeah. we will try. How'd you do that?
0: They brought it in. Your boyfriend cooked vegan. No,
1: I. Well, he cooked for us, but I ordered purple carrot. Oh yeah, it was
0: What's like that? a
1: it's like a meal service oh, okay. like HelloFresh, okay. right. but yeah. just vegan food. Right, got it. Um, but then I started thinking about carbs, and now that I have too much carbs, it's like there's always a thing where it's too like, much
0: carbs in the vegan. Yeah, yeah. You Gotta um, have something. What got- were you doing for protein? See, it's a lifestyle show.
1: Yeah. Well- <laughs> What was I doing for protein? I don't know. I was just trusting the box. I was yeah. like trusting whatever they had in here. I was yeah. like, I, I hope it's in here. They know what they're <laughs> they doing. They know what's up. They're, they're but then,
0: professionals.
1: <laughs> but then, yeah, now that the world's back open and I was shooting in Atlanta for two months and then everything went out the window. What were you shooting down there? Woke. Woke season two.
0: Well, uh, I watched a few of those. It's funny. Yeah, I like thanks.
1: it. Yeah, I like it too. You guys
0: are great. What's that guy's name? Lamorne Morris. Yeah, he's great.
1: yeah, he's great.
0: Yeah, the whole thing's kind of funny. Yeah. I, I I like to. I just watched parts of the first season, but I it's I don't watch a, a lot of television for whatever reason. I don't know why, but I like the uh, when when you know it's a self aware show. Yeah. You're not trying to make some sort of reality frame. It's like he's, you know what I mean. Yeah, like he's there's elements of like him hallucinating, and uh, I like it. It was funny. I yeah. got I, I thought it was a good show. Well, thank you. where we did which studio were you shooting down there?
1: We were in. Aria Studios? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Tyler Perry's him. old studio. His old place? Yeah. The old The uh, leftovers. <laughs>
0: did, <laughs> the remnants. Do you like. I was in Atlanta for a couple weeks doing the Aretha movie. Oh, nice. And uh, did you do any comedy? Did you go I over did, to the Vortex?
1: I didn't, actually, even though we oh. were very close. I like. It's hard for me to sp- split my brain, like when I'm shooting yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, now I also need to think about performing. I mean, not entirely, but I think because there was such a long break where I wasn't on stage. Anytime I had a show, like, my anxiety would start spiraling. Like old and, time? Like yeah. old timey
0: anxiety? Like from the beginning?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, uh, was I ever funny? Yeah. I, do, how do I say words yeah, again? Do, I, and do then how I to do this? Yeah. But yeah. then I do it and it's like, oh, of course, it's fine. But yeah, just the lead up to it would just be like a little much. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: I, I When I was, during the pandemic, I really, I was like, nah, maybe I don't need to do it anymore. Like, I didn't miss it. Yeah. I, I was like, maybe, maybe I'm okay now. I don't need to. <laughs> rely on strangers to, you yeah. know, to make me feel loved or uh, accepted. Yeah. But as soon as people started doing it, I'm like, fuck. I, gotta
1: go I to know, it. gotta get back out there.
0: I know. So, where'd you grow up?
1: I grew up in Indianapolis mostly. My dad was in the Air Force, so we moved around a bunch. But Air m- Force. most of my life was in Indi- Indianapolis, Indiana.
0: Is that a good city? Yeah, yeah, is it? So you really think of it as home, like you?
1: I do. Yeah, my mom's still there. My brother, most of her side of the family, they're all there. there. They're all there. Yeah, It's mm. kind of like become now that like our our spot because everyone's moved from other places to Indianapolis.
0: I don't have a real sense of it, but I used to do gigs up there. There mm-hmm. was a, a there was the comedy. What was it called? There was one downtown, um, and then there was one out in Broad Ripple. It
1: was Morty's. No, crackers. not Morty's. Yeah, uh, Crackers, right. There was
0: a Crackers downtown, a Crackers in Broad Ripple, and Chicken Patty used to run it. And they used to put us up at this, like, halfway house, (laughs) this horrendous (laughs) residence that they owned. Yeah. Oh, it was was like back in the day of, like, the worst kind of comedy condo. Like, there was literally police lines, you know, like, you was. Like, what happened here? <laughs> but uh, so my memories are a little, a little hazy. Right, right, right. I go to Bloomington, though, to work. I sometime. love Bloomington, yeah. You, do you go out there to do the comedy attic ever?
1: Yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. It's a good yeah. space. Jared. Yeah, Jared. Yeah, Jared.
0: Yeah, it's great space. Yeah. It's small. Yeah. You really get work done.
1: For sure, yeah. It's a great place to work stuff out, and I've always had good shows there.
0: So you grew up there, and you have a lot of brothers and sisters? Just one brother. How's that guy?
1: He's good. He's still in Indianapolis. He's an artist. Um, Painter? Kind of everything, like uh, graphic stuff. He paints, he sculpts. Yeah. Um, he's still in school, so he's still trying to figure out what the next step is. Oh, really? I'm trying to like push in the animation and be like, we can do something together. Right?
0: Yeah. We'll practical. Be yeah. practical. Be practical. Be a practical, practical <laughs> artist. <laughs> yeah.
1: Make a living at it. I mean, that'd be nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. But he's great.
0: And when when you started doing performing stuff, did you? Uh, I, I noticed on the resume that before I forget that you did the Finding Your Root show.
1: I did. I did that, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What'd you find? Jews. <laughs> it's a long line of Jews. <laughs> yeah,
0: a lot of Jews. All yeah. the way back. Yeah. He found. He was very excited. He was like, we've never gone this far back uh, with this particular strain of Jew." Whoa.
1: Yeah. Nice. What'd you find? Slaves.
0: Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two ways. Jews and slaves for yeah, us. There yeah, there was a
1: thing that did rock my world, so um, one of my... Ancestors created a town, Fargo, Arkansas, and it still exists. Really? Yeah. There was like a great exodus from South Carolina, and then he made his way to Arkansas and just like bought a bunch of land. And
0: after the Civil War?
1: Yeah. And, uh, and created this community.
0: And what happened to it? Did, was there a historical horror to it? There
1: probably was. We but, didn't discuss that in the show. <laughs> it it, probably was. It just
0: seems like the the black experiment with building towns doesn't, doesn't always, always go, well, go well. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice that it's still there. Yeah. So, but Indianapolis, your dad's, a, was he a big shot in the Air Force?
1: Kind of, yeah. He would like, he first he did something with planes. I can't remember. But he, Does he fly? He doesn't fly. Mm. I think he, he like... He was very, um, it's interesting, like, I guess he doesn't come off as artsy, but he was always interested in, like, TV stuff, so he would, like, edit videos on how to, like, work the plane, or, like, training sessions and stuff. Right. And then he was a part of Combat Camera, which I think was, like, kind of editing these newsletters of, like, stuff that was happening overseas. Okay. And then he taught a lot. He taught at the defense school in, in Maryland. In Colorado?
0: Oh, in Maryland. Yeah. There's an Air Force Academy of some kind in Colorado. I know. Like yeah. In a mountain or something. Yeah. Seems a little uh, secretive and weird. Ooh, well, I don't but, know anything about it. <laughs> but Maryland is where he. Yeah. Is. yeah, but
1: yeah, we like moved around a bunch when I was younger. I was born in Japan in Okinawa, Japan. Do you remember it? I don't. We have moved you? when I was like 10 months old, uh, so. Have you
0: been there? Have you been back?
1: I haven't. I I want to. Don't
0: you want to go to Japan?
1: I would love to. Yeah. I want to see amazing. my see my roots. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just I I'm, I'm fascinated with it, but apparently not enough to travel. <laughs> yeah. I find that with a lot of things. Like I, I India seems really fascinating to me, but, but I'm not going. Yeah. I'm not going.
1: One day. I mean, you have India in your bathroom right that's now, right. so you, a, you don't need to go anywhere.
0: Well, that's why I always feel like an asshole because I, I'm interested in India, but people ask me why. It's so, like the food, the bread is so good, and that's got to be insulting on someone. <laughs>
1: like, there's so much more yeah. here. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> horrible class strife, you know, <laughs> disease. You know, like, uh, I, I mean, there, it's. I'm sure it's beautiful, but it's it's a little fraught. Right, right, right. right. But me, I'm just sort of like the bread. <laughs> but that bread, <laughs> it's got to be great. <laughs> so, and you ended up. Uh, when did you start performing?
1: I started well I kind of always performed. I was always in musicals and choir and
0: and when you were in a kid?
1: When I was a kid, yeah. I was in my church choir since I was like 9. What kind of church? A uh, Baptist church.
0: Full-on Baptist?
1: Not full-on Baptist. We could like Mild wear pa- we could wear pants and jewelry and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mild ba- Baptist. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um yeah, and it was nice. It was like Uh, I feel like my mom didn't really care that much about the religion aspect. I mean, maybe she does. I don't know. But I feel like it was more the community. Sure. And that was my community as I grew up. But then I got older and, I don't know, started listening more and was, like, not loving. The the God thing? The God thing, yeah. I wasn't loving the whole God (laughs) thing, so I kind of have been
0: removed from the church for a long time. but. But that's interesting, isn't it? Because, I don't know, like... I never, I never, uh, was it ever pushed on you or did you, I mean, did, if you weren't really brought up with this idea of, you know, Jesus, but your mom kind of dug the, the church thing and the singing and everything, w- when did it start to, when did it, what triggered you to be like annoyed by the idea of it?
1: I just hated hearing about money all the time. It was a oh. lot of like tithes, 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 like.
0: Oh, the tithing.
1: Yeah. Was... Yeah.
0: So you saw the racket.
1: I saw the racket. Yeah. yeah. And then when I went to college. Uh, me and some other girls who also grew up in churches were like, we should find a church and go together. Yeah. And we would church hop and we just couldn't find anything. And I also got in a fight with a deacon one day because he was like, you know, picking scripture to, that shows like women are are here to serve men and this and that. And I was like, is that really what you're getting from this? And and we had a disagreement. Was Where like, was this? This is in Virginia. This is at UVA. Huh. Like, Went to school there, but I was like, yeah, I don't think I need to do this anymore if I'm but fighting with people.
0: But what was the impulse to to sort of church hop?
1: Because we were good little girls and we were uh, like, that's what we're supposed to do, right? Find we're a church. To, yeah. And then with that just like, that mission ended and we <laughs> were like, let's go to the club. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. So you get there and you're like, well, it were it, like freshman year kind of Yes. Job. Yeah. You met a bunch of other yeah, people. Yeah. It was like,
1: like I mean, I was very lucky. I still talk to these girls, but there was just like a group of black girls on my hall yeah. who we were all like, we grew up in church. We are smart. We're, I don't know, let's like hang out together and like yeah. do stuff together. Yeah. And so, yeah, we tried to find churches and then didn't. And then no, we we're like, no. we'll just drink together and that'll be good too. <laughs> sure.
0: We have a community. <laughs> there's a the few community. of us here. So that's where you ended up in Virginia?
1: Yeah. University of Virginia. Um, where is it? Charlottesville, Virginia.
0: Hmm. It's How a great place. It's nice.
1: It's nice. I mean, I, I had a great experience there. It It's like a mixed thing where I, I thought Virginia was, like, east. I didn't think it was south, but yeah. it's very much the south.
0: Yeah, it is. And yeah. that was the first time you felt Wait, like, You yeah. go from the Midwest to the south. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I can't, like, I, I don't know. What's the black community in Indianapolis? There's big. a lot. Of, there's
1: a, a big ba- black community. Yeah. It is kind of like, or at least when I was growing up there, yeah. segregated. I mean, not, like, so much so that it was, like, Rules that they're segregated, but there's like communities where so black understood. people are here. Yeah,
0: yeah. Aren't most cities like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Not like, yeah. Actually, yes. <laughs> 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 actually, yes. <laughs> it's
0: a, it's, it's a disturbing but true thing. I mean, I was in Boston for years. Yeah. And you'd be in Boston, you're like, where are they hiding them?
1: I know. It's yeah.
0: A, it's a, it's a trip because it's you know you think it's a liberal town, but it's only liberal in the sense that. There's so many college students there, Mm -hmm. but the actual structure of the thing—it's just the way it is. Yeah, I don't know how that changes. The only one that I ever felt was that I lived in. Well, Atlanta is pretty well integrated. It feels, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, because like there's like like in New York too, to a degree as well. But I mean, New York is like no one lives in New York. Everyone's got to come in to be
1: right. (laughs) Well, when I first went to New York, I was in. Prospect Park south and I in Brooklyn in Brooklyn yeah I was in Brooklyn the whole time and uh oh I don't know Brooklyn oh well yeah it's south of Prospect Park and it's uh I I remember like I was in a very uh, Bangladeshi area and then you'd like walk a few blocks and it'd be a very Hasidic Jew area and then you'd walk a few blocks and then you're in Windsor Terrace and it's like affluent rich white people in their cars and they have driveways and it was kind of crazy but like and it was nice that everything was so close but it was very sectioned off
0: yeah but it's But it's block to block there. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't avoid everybody.
1: No, that's true. Like,
0: there are some cities where it's sort of like, where, you know, you're far away. Mm -hmm. But, uh, like, I lived in Queens. It was crazy. Like that, I loved it. the the sort of like element of like, where's everyone from? Yeah, where's this music coming yeah. from? Yeah, like there was like Egyptians on Steinway, and then there was some kind of Ukrainian bar. I don't even know what kind of Eastern European bar it was, and it annoyed me. But I was like, <laughs> what is that rhythm? You know, and it, I just I I enjoyed. And the Greeks, like I like living out here just yeah. to get Armenian stink guy occasionally. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, New York. Just yeah, yeah, to, like, yeah. old people from an old country looking at you like you're the a stranger,
1: yeah, and that's nice, you isn't it? It's inviting.
0: <laughs> Reminds me of New York. Yeah. So, when you were in college, did you do? Uh, did you do the the performing?
1: Yeah, I started doing musicals, and then everyone around me was like auditioning for plays and stuff, and I was like, that seems fun, so yeah. I started doing that. And then, like my second year, I was like, I think this is what I, I, what think I want to do. What was the
0: moment that made that apparent?
1: I did for color girls who consider suicide when the rainbow is enough, and. It's a choreo poem, Mm. and it was all black female cast.
0: What's a choreo poem?
1: It's um a poem with movement. So like we danced, right? And then the the way the words were structured wasn't necessarily like dialogue. I I guess they were more monologues, but it was poetry. Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember the director Teresa Davis. She would send us out into the crowd after the show was done, and Mm. we had to talk to the audience and. It was just nice to hear people say like, I relate to this so much. And it was like old people, young people, white people, black people, like just all everyone were like, this was such a human experience. And even though I'm not a black woman, I I understand this feeling. Yeah. And I remember being like, I want to do that all the time. I just want to do something that connects to people in the moment. And so, yeah, I was like, I want to perform.
0: Yeah, it's nice when something, it, when the piece is so powerful mm-hmm. and you get to be part of it as an actor, yeah. you, you know, it's so rare, you know, because a lot of times, as you know, you know, and I, I didn't do a lot of acting when I was younger because I just couldn't wrap my brain around the process of of giving someone that much power over my life. Mm. Audition process, just a yes. fucking yeah. nightmare. It's not ideal. But, uh, not ideal. That's very diplomatic. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, but the fact that like if you have something amazing that you can perform and, and you get to live through that mm-hmm. and then get the rewards from it, be part of that collaboration, it's great.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And comedy, when did you start doing stand-up?
1: Um, well, I started doing improv in college. Um, there was an improv group that was longstanding from, I guess longstanding from the <laughs> 90s. But uh, I, I auditioned for it, didn't make it, and then started my own group with some people.
0: Um, Look at you, rebel! <laughs> yeah, fuck that old timey improv group. Yeah, truly, we're the cutting edge.
1: <laughs> and then um, uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater touring company came to UVA, and I remember who was being- in that: Bobby Moynihan. Oh yeah, pretty sure Zach Woods was there. Uh huh. Shannon O'Neill, I can't remember, but I remember being like, Yeah,
0: whoa, yeah,
1: yeah. And I also we had a Q and A after with them, and someone asked like, How do you get a career in comedy? And Bobby was like. Moved to New York, worked really hard, and
0: yeah.
1: and go to UCB. And I was like, okay, <laughs> and uh, yeah. After I graduated, we moved to New York, went to UCB immediately. Like, fell in love. I think my first show was a New Year's show, uh-huh. and Amy Poehler and Horatio Sands came out on stage, and I was like, this is what happens here all mm-hmm. the time. And yeah, so you
0: were like an improv nerd. I was. That's uh, that's wild. I mean, because I, you know, I remember when they all came to New York. I remember mm-hmm. when they started it. Yeah. before I remember before they had the theater. Yeah. And then it just becomes, there's this model, this like improv franchising model.
1: Yeah. It was nuts.
0: Yeah. So you took classes there.
1: I took classes. Um, you
0: became part of the place. I
1: became part of the place. Yeah. I was just like, this feels good. These are my people. And uh, then I started performing there. I was on a Herald team. Well, actually, before I was on a Herald team, I was on an improv group with Nicole Byer and Keisha Zoller. And we like- Formed it because we didn't make Herald teams. We didn't make House teams. Another like, What does
0: that mean? You got to audition for the Herald team?
1: Yeah. To be on a regular House team, you have to audition. Yeah. And then they could say yes or no. Yeah. I got to no. know. Right. And I was like, well, then I'll From start doing who? Who's the boss? I don't. <laughs> there was <laughs> don't like remember? multiple people. Well, Anthony King was the AD at the time, but he himself is like... Helped me immensely through my career. So that's nice. Um, I got a no at first, but then eventually got many yeses. I, mean,
0: I know it happens. You just got to keep pressing on. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I wasn't trying to make trouble. <laughs> not trying to make trouble List them in, by the, name. Uh, in the UCB world. <laughs> but that whole that whole scene was like I'm, I come from stand up, so, and I've talked about this before. I did, I'm not a, col- I was not a collaborator. Yeah. We, we are you know, lone wolves out in the world.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah yes and no. my
0: generation was but oh, yeah for but, sure. it, okay. but it just seems like you, you know the entire culture of new comedy is all from sketch Yeah. and it's all from improv yeah. you know the stand up thing the let's build the show around the stand up thing doesn't
1: really is I, yeah it doesn't happen old anymore model. yeah but i did i kind of did everything at the same time i moved to new york in 2009 and was yeah. doing improv classes and then shortly after started doing stand up and sketch yeah um but I do feel like stand up. I I loved the community I came up in because I do feel like even though it is a solitary art form, people will help you. Like people will be
0: like, "Sure, well that well, you grew up in the time of like comic produced shows,
1: yeah, oh for sure, yeah, yeah."
0: So like yeah, that's totally different. Yeah, because everyone's sort of like it'll be fun. Bring people.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a, we found a bathroom in a basement. Exactly. Where we're doing a show. Like, Laundromat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah. on a roof. Bring yeah. people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, when I was coming up, it was like the comedy club has one or two nights where you got to go hammer it out.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: But uh, I'm not complaining. I I did my share of all those other shows once the, once I evolved with the medium. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'll do the alt rooms. (laughs) I know what they, I helped start one of the bigger ones in New York, but I never thought of myself as like an alt comic. But I watched some of your stand up. You seem to know what you're doing. Hey, thanks. And it was funny. (laughs) Think. But I'm usually I'm, I'm resentful of uh, <laughs> you young ones coming up <laughs> through the improv and not paying your dues properly.
1: Yeah. I think it helped that I did it all at the same time. Yeah. And I feel like each thing influenced the other thing. Like, I feel like my improv helped my stand-up, like, sure. helped me, like, loosen it up. And I helped my I feel like my stand-up helped my improv and sketch, like, as far as writing and, like, editing, oh, yeah? self-editing as I'm going.
0: Well, who else was, like, who was a, were like who was around then? Who's, like, your class? Of People mm. like you're younger than Mulaney and those guys, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, Kroll and them that was like in between the original and me, I guess. What, what were who were some of the people other than Nicole? Who was anyone some that I know that we know?
1: Michael Che, oh, yeah, George Carmichael, uh, Jermaine Che Fowler. was at UCB, he wasn't at UCB. Oh, I guess we're talking about, yeah, just either up. way, yeah, yeah, um, at UCB, um. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of. I who mean, surfaced.
0: It's hard who, to. Who know. surfaced? I don't he know. made it out. <laughs> I know it's a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and like, as you get older, you'll continue to wonder, like, oh, what
1: happened, and yeah. then you'll
0: see them on a weird show and be like, oh
1: shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the stand-up thing—it was never something that you were like, "I'm going to do this for a living." Was it? Or
1: yeah, it. Uh, it. I, shortly after I started, I was like, "I love this. I want to keep doing it." Yeah, but. Yeah, I can't remember when I decided I wanted to do it as a, a living, but I
0: just- You did decide that. You wanted to. You yeah. Because like, you did a special. How many, how I many did, did
1: a do? special. I did one special yeah. called Pizza Mind. Uh, it came out in 2017. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
0: On where? Netflix?
1: It was on CISO. That, CISO. That is now defunct. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, but, Could you get it back? Uh, or is it gone for good? It's not
1: gone for good. It's on Amazon Prime.
0: Oh, good. There you go. And
1: I think the LOL Network. Yeah. It's I kind of got a raw deal so it's in a lot of places that I didn't have control over. But
0: right. But it puts you out
1: there. It's out it's out there you know, people can like, watch it.
0: Yeah, it's not like, you know, I with specials it's sort of weird. It's you, you know, they usually they have a shelf life. I don't know how topical the whole thing was, but it seemed like some yeah. of it was pretty general could have survived.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's actually like I haven't watched it recently, but yeah. I still have people who watch it and they're like, yeah, this still applies of now because yeah. I'm like talking about Being a black woman in America and race and gender and stuff like that. Sadly,
0: that doesn't change. It's
1: kind of evergreen. It's it's,
0: it's a slow turn. Yeah, yeah. But that was, but you seem to be more involved with, well, I mean, I want to sort of get a little bit uh, with SNL thing. Yeah. Because that was one of the things that was so, it was such an odd time because you were the one. Yeah. (laughs) You and Leslie were like, you're it. Yeah. And there was so much attention on this idea of them reacting to, uh, you know, decades of of sort of non-diversification
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. within
0: the system. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they get called out and you're like, we got two. Yeah. And you're one. Yeah. But they followed you through the whole process.
1: They did. Yeah. This was a- uh, was crazy. It was crazy. It's yeah. interesting. I was like SNL, Anthony, Anthony King, actually the AD of UCB, yeah. contacted SNL- um maybe in 2011 or something because my my improv group with two other black women we were crushing it at yeah. the theater so he was like you guys you should see this, you should right. see this. yeah um and L- lindsey shook us came to see a show and told us we should send tapes and so we like we had been sending tapes and auditioning and doing showcases for a couple years at this point and then to in- them to them, to, to SNL. Yeah. So they've
0: already had your tape. Yeah. Okay. They,
1: they already knew that, who I was. So, wait, was that was sort of
0: part of the, you know, that was what you were taught, like, to, I mean, that was like part of UCB. Like, I never really heard that before. You had you had solicited or sent tapes before to SNL. Yeah, yeah. You know, like every year kind of yeah. thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, I think that was like, this is a possibility. This is like, this, this is how is, you do it. This is kind of how you do it. Yeah. They scout you. They know who you are. They're like, please send a the tape. They like the tape. Uh, you do these showcases where you perform live in front of an audience and Lauren and some of the producers, if they like
0: that. I did that with comedy. Yeah. But I didn't like, I never like sent tapes or anything before.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like um. a character reel.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Who'd you do?
1: Um I can't remember. I know I did a really dumb one. Uh, yeah. At Angela Bassett hound, where she was a, it was Angela Bassett as a dog. That's <laughs> so pretty good. It. It's really stupid. <laughs> um, I know I did all of Destiny's Child, like talking to each other. Uh-uh. Um, I think I did Nicki Minaj.
0: Yeah. Um, this is on your first character reel?
1: I, uh, that wasn't my first character reel. And I, I don't, like, it's also gone. The first yeah. character reel is gone because the guy who recorded it, like, deleted the footage because he's like, I don't need it anymore. And I was like, what? <laughs>
0: where is it? Yeah. What, what are you thinking? You didn't have a copy?
1: I don't. I didn't have a copy. Isn't
0: that weird? These people, like you know, you sort of like they just do these things, and it's on their computer, and then it's not.
1: And then it's not. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess it gone. It's just gone. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so they come. So what? What is the timing of the thing? They came to see you with came- the with the troupe.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. That was maybe 2011, yeah. and then the next year, more showcases, and the next year. And I remember, I think it was like 2013. I was like, I'm gonna give this a really good shot. I'm going to like, tr- actually, because I feel like I was very green before. Yeah. And, and I still was. But then, but well, you're was, only
0: only You're only a few years in. Yeah. Truly. I mean, 2009 you got there. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Um, but I was like, I'm going to give it a really good shot and if nothing comes of it, I think I'm, I think I'm good on auditioning. And then, uh, and also I wanted to move to LA at that point.
0: So you had a, a, enough of, uh, it seems like you were, you know, well-parented and have a good sense of self that you were not, <laughs> you know, hanging your entire hopes and dreams. on It seems very yeah. practical to be able to be like, all right.
1: Yeah, yeah. thanks. Um, yeah, because I wanted it. Right. I, I, I enjoyed SNL. I, that was like a goal of mine. When I was younger, I watched it and and Mad TV and was like, oh my God, how do these people get here? Like, this is so cool. But then like, that was the end of the thought. But then right. when I moved to New York and was like, whoa, it's a possibility. I was like, yeah, yeah I want this. But then, but also was like, there
0: are also other jobs. Yeah. And- Huh, so you always knew that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Huh. But like knew it as in like, I love this. I love comedy, but didn't know how anyone got to do it.
0: Right. But once you spend enough time at UCB, you start to realize like, you know, I can write, I can act. Yeah. There's another world out there. It's not all SNL. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. And um, but also still very much wanted it. Yeah. And so I, I put together a tape. Sent it to my managers for notes. And he was like, actually, this is like the end of th- 2013. He was like, they are currently looking for black women. I need to send them t- this to them right now. In a now. panic. In a panic, con- <laughs> truly. <laughs> 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 like, oh God, there's an alert. <laughs> um, everyone needs to send the black women to them right now. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they sent the tape in. And then they did a showcase in LA and in New York. And it was it all went very fast. And, it's just, and it was also very different from. It was a reaction. It was a reaction, yeah, because yeah. they got called out for not having a black woman for years, yeah, and uh and yeah, there was kind of a, a frenzy yeah. about it, and and yes, the the media was very much involved Who's with the gonna whole get process. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was weird, like because like uh, they they listed people, they would yeah. list people's names, right. and Be like they're going into the studio to test on Monday, That's and then crazy. I'm getting all these texts on Monday, being like, "Good luck, break a leg," and I'm like, "You shouldn't even
0: know about absolutely. this, absolutely," <laughs> and you know it. SNL had to be leaking that.
1: Maybe I don't. I have no I, idea. I, <laughs> but,
0: I mean, they, it was part yeah. of the. I. I mean, I. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. to
1: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I really but don't it doesn't know. matter. But they knew. It, everyone knew. Everyone knew. And I yeah. kind of like you know my anxiety was spiraling, and I kind of didn't leave my house for a while because I was like, I just don't want to talk to people. Right. Everywhere I went, people were like, "Well, what's what's the process now? What's Lauren yeah, like? What's face, this one? Focus. Or, yeah. Where usually when people audition. They kind of have the luxury of doing it in private. Yeah. Like if they get it, awesome, great, right. it's a surprise. If not, no one knows. But well,
0: yeah, now like you, you, no matter what happens, everyone's going to know.
1: Everyone truly, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a bit maddening. And I remember I actually had an apartment lined up in L. A. At, at really? the end of the year, yeah. So
0: your plan—you were ready to go. Oh, what I was, was your plan I out had, here? Just to act?
1: To act, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, was, I had all my goodbye shows. I passed my variety show to somebody else. I was like, I'm gone. But then this process was still happening, and I was like, I don't really know what to do.
0: Did you have representation? And everything? You were kind I of did. ready to go. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, you weren't coming out here totally blind. At, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: No. Um, and then, yeah, and then I I
0: tested. Yeah.
1: And I remember, I mean, in the
0: studio, in the studio,
1: yeah. Uh, I actually went after Leslie because I could hear her. I was in the <laughs> hallway.
0: <laughs> that's a th- she. That's that's a lot to follow.
1: True. Yeah.
0: Oh, I know. <laughs> that's, a,
1: that's a tough act to follow. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, everyone was dying in there. And um, I remember Chris Kelly, the stage manager, was in the hallway with me, yeah. and he was like. You know, we have to look forward. We have to look at the camera, but all the people who are watching are on the side of the yeah, stage. Just make crazy. it as
0: hard as possible. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what obstacles can we give yeah. you? Yeah. But he was like, um, if you ever get nervous, look at me, and I'll be laughing. I'll be smiling. Yeah. And that, and then I was on stage and I looked at him and he was just the best audience member ever. Oh. And uh, and I, it was like one of those moments where I was like, I did the best I could do. Like oh, that. I yeah. was, was like, you I knew. I knew. I left oh. and I was like, that a good was. Feeling yeah yeah it's like if they don't want it then they don't want they, you that's know, right this is clearly I'm, I'm not it yeah. yeah yeah but i was like i know i did the best i ever yeah. did anything oh that's great <laughs> and and we'll see what happens and then yeah and then i and then i got the call from lauren it was crazy um and then the next call i got was from the publicist being like hey if anyone contacts you no comment. And I was like, okay, weird. Yeah. And then the next c- call I got was from like CNN. Right. I was like, how the fuck did you get my phone number? <laughs> um. But yeah, they and were you're all like, over no it. No comment. Yeah, I was like, no comment. I was already told not to say anything, and they're like, yeah. fuck, and then they hung up the yeah, phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You've just become part of uh, the the they SNL will manage all messaging.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um. But yeah, it was interesting. Like, I mean, Lauren was great that he he like pulled me into his office yeah. at one point to be like, we've never had a cast member who had this much media attention around them before yeah, right. they got on the show. and With then during, you. With me. Yeah. And uh, he's like, kind of like, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? And I had such like rose colored glasses at the time. I was like, I'm fine. It's great. This is awesome. Like, what? what's there to complain about? Yeah. And, you know, later it's like anxiety and, <laughs> and all this other stuff. What, but, how
0: did that start to unfold?
1: I think I just like. I mean,
0: the anxiety though, like so, like all this attention. So that's interesting because did Leslie get it as well, or were you you feel like? Well, she got hired
1: as a writer. I got, I got first got hired as a cast member. So I was the black. Right, you were it, right? (laughs) And then they, and then Leslie got hired as a writer, and then the next season they made her a a cast member, Um, which is great because I didn't want to be the only one.
0: When did you? But when did it start to feel? what, What? How did it unfold? in terms of you starting to, you know, see yourself differently in relation to the show? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about that show yeah. and about the experience. And I know that for a lot of people, it's competitive and difficult and horrible. And for some people, you know, the people that are, I don't know what determines how someone handles that process. But, uh, but what was your experience? How did it start to chip away at you? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh-huh. um, I mean... It was a lot, and I think I don't think it was really the show that yeah. was chipping away. I think it was really the media stuff, and I
0: from the beginning
1: from the beginning, mm. and it was it was just very strange. Like I I think I just developed a distrust of the press, yeah, people like.
0: But it, it never let up. Like they were they, like, once it started to go on, then they were like, "When's she going to be on? How come they're not using her yeah, it it more?" Really never
1: it- let up. Like I I mean one very clear story of like where this distrust started was uh, that when they made uh, when they put Michael Che on the update desk
0: yeah
1: uh, I get a phone call I'm out to dinner from the publicist from the SNL publicist who's like hey page six wants to print an article saying that you were overheard at a restaurant like dissing the decision that Michael Che should be on the update desk like that you Don't like the fact that there's two men on the update desk. It should be two women and this and that. And I was like, well, I know that's not true because I don't think that. (laughs) I didn't know. It wasn't even a thought in my head. It's unfortunate because it's like someone could have overheard me talking about the show in a restaurant. Sure. But I definitely didn't say that. Right. And I was like, well, that's not true. And she's like, well, they're printing it anyway. And I was like, they can do that? They can just print. So they called to fact check. And I'm telling you the facts are not true. And they're still going to print it. And they're like, yeah.
0: Oh, so what happened with that? Did Shay get mad?
1: No, thankfully, we you know, we all talked and they get it. They Everyone's yeah. like, yeah, people print fake stuff all the time. It's like, uh. we know that's not you. Um, and so- oh,
0: That's terrible.
1: It was terrible. But then, like a happy memory from that, um, there, there was some party that SNL was hosting and that writer who printed that was at the party. Yeah. I mean, bold move. Right. Uh, and- I was talking to Cecily and Shay at the bar, and we recognized the guy, and we're like, oh my God, I can't believe he's here. And Che called him over and pretended like he didn't know him at all. Yeah. He was like, hey man, like, let's take a shot. And he's like, what do you do? And the guy's like, oh, I'm a writer. And he's like, that's crazy. I'm a writer too. I write for SNL. Like, What, what kind of stuff do you write about? And he's like, uh, I write about SNL yeah. <laughs> and celebs and uh-huh. things like that. He's like, really? That's nuts. You know, some people write really crazy shit about us, like- lies sometimes and the, it just it's not good and then the guy's like you know who I am you know I wrote the article and she was like oh yeah I think I do recognize you you know what uh we're a family and when you write things that like conflict with what our energy is yeah it's not good for us so right. maybe don't do that anymore and he just like took the shot and walked away and I was like yes <laughs> yay
0: uh, and he went on and did it anyway.
1: He did it. Didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't like stop his career or his journey. But it just felt they're it was the a, fucking
0: worst man. Yeah, parasites.
1: They are. They're vultures. Yeah. Um. And
0: and, and that's only gotten worse.
1: Yeah. Now definitely. It's all of it. Yeah.
0: So that's the media thing. But what was going on? You know, in terms of the work.
1: As far as the, as the work, I mean, I feel like I went through waves of trying to figure out the show um
0: Like trying to align yourself with writers and stuff like that. totally, right. yeah. Trying
1: to find lo- writers to glob onto. Yeah. Trying to write by myself. Trying right. to write things that have like worked on the show before. Trying to write things that are totally different than what the show likes. Mm. Trying to, you know, I just tried everything. Yeah, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But I think eventually, it, it didn't take too long where I was like, oh, you know what? Not nothing makes sense here. And that's kind of freeing. Like, there's no formula that I could figure out anyway where it's like, oh, if you always do this, this works. Or if you always talk to this person, it works. Like, And then there would be weeks where it's like, I feel isolated or I feel lonely or I feel like none of my shit's working. But then I'm like, oh, but that doesn't have anything to do with me. There's like so many people here all dealing with their own shit individually that's like no one's thinking about me and that's okay
0: so you didn't feel that there was you know some sort of system in place or that there was some uh, even if it wasn't a system could you sense it like some people were being pushed forward and some people were being left behind yeah for reasons that seemed either unfair or 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 um uh, like just they, obviously it's not it it's not spontaneous
1: no but it's not i don't i don't think it was like People are being pushed for unfair reasons. Sometimes it's easier, like it's like, who can do this impression, Kate? All right, who can do this song, Cecily? Like you know, it's just like
0: sure. There is like off the
1: top of the dome, right? Right. As opposed to like, how can we utilize this new person that we don't know what she can do yet?
0: Right, but I mean, it goes on for a while, right? You were there for how long?
1: Three and a half years, four seasons.
0: You know, and and at some point you are like, whoa, this is not. You know.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, a, they're they're never going to use the new person to her full degree of talent.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I was. I mean, I went into my last season being like, I think this will be my last season. I was pretty confident. Your
0: decision. That. Yeah. And did you did you talk to Lauren about that?
1: I did. Yeah. Um, I talked to him a couple times to be like, this is not working. And he, what can we do? Like yeah. I was trying to find solutions. Uh huh. And he was, too, and was like, well, let's figure something out, which we didn't really. But, you know, he he was always supportive. He wanted me there, which was a good feeling.
0: Right. Like, yeah. he also liked sure, me and course. thinks I'm
1: talented and, you know, wanted but me how there, But how does that
0: not translate into more opportunity on the show?
1: Well, there's a lot of factors. It's not just, you know, there's Lorne. Yeah, sure. And then there's also, like... What does the show need that week? What are we talking about that week? Yeah. Yeah, What is the host like? What is what what did what did we do last week that we wanted to get to that we need to do this week? There's like so many other factors that you know. It's not just well, I like you and you're good and you should be on the show. But
0: you never at any point started to feel like you know I'm not funny enough or oh I definitely felt that way. Oh, you did.
1: Yeah. Mm. But I think I think everybody goes through that at some point in time where you're like, wow, maybe my maybe I thought. I was funny, and, and then I got here and I realized I'm not, or I'm I never was, I'm not talented, but Ugh. um, yeah, you know, it shakes your confidence sure. after a while,
0: yeah. And that, and after, like, how much of that do you need? I mean, yeah. that, that, that struggle of something that plays on your insecurities, you know, over a period of time, which we all have,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, I guess you come to sort of like uh, some sort of like crossroads where you're sort of like, this isn't going to get any better, and, and it, it could diminish my, my sense of self. If I don't, you know, rise above this.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it really came down to. Because I was like, I don't think my mental health is worth staying here. Like, I think I think I, I'm i choosing me. I'm choosing right, to take right. care of myself. I could have stayed the whole seven year contract probably. But yeah. I don't know if I would have felt good.
0: And, and yeah, but also like that. I mean, that's sort of the fascinating thing about your particular story within it is that. Well, how did it? How did you leave? Did you say, Lauren was sort of like, okay, I understand, you can go?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I went to him towards the end of the season and quit. And, you know, I had a life coach at the time that was really prepping me on this and like trying to help me with the words because it was very intimidating to like
0: to go into Lauren's office? To go
1: into Lauren's office, period. And yeah. then also tell them, I don't want to be on your show. Um
0: but, you have, they have life coaches that specifically deal with, <laughs> with quitting.
1: I mean, you know, it it's like leaving a relationship. Sure. So yeah.
0: And Did you hire the life coach for that? No, no, no. I
1: already I already had her for other stuff. Wow. But that that is what we were working on at the uh-huh. time. And we you know, we worked on other things before that too. Oh, yeah. We worked on like how to like communicate my ideas to the writers' room. How to like you know gel with people is as a team, and then and then it shifted to how do I leave?
0: How do you find this life coach?
1: Um, her name's betsy capes. she I, she actually is she
0: like a world famous life coach for uh, coaching she, people she's
1: she's a uh, kind of a famous coach for like artists. Oh. she's she understands the entertainment industry and works with a lot of people who New York
0: person, yeah. That's so funny because, like, back in my day, there was a therapist that yeah. used to work with comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there like, still is. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> same guy. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah. So she was. So what? How, how did she advise you? Did you cry? I
1: did not cry.
0: Good for you. <laughs> God damn, that's a good story already.
1: Um, I think I just kind of. I mean, honestly. Um, I don't know if this happens to you. Sometimes my I feel like my system gets so overwhelmed that I black out and I don't really know what's happening in the I, moment.
0: I, I, I It happens like weekly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like. yeah. So I don't really know what I said. I cannot remember the actual conversation. I remember the feelings. I remember what it looks like. But I don't really remember. Was it
0: just you and him? Yeah. Mm.
1: And we were in his office. And it was actually, I think, uh, before dress rehearsal or something. It was like I couldn't really catch him on a day that felt easy. Of course it was like it's a rushed conversation. So you knew about it was gonna to...
0: happen. Yeah. But you didn't quite know exactly when?
1: Yeah, because I like, you know, I asked his assistants, can I get yeah, yeah. a moment with Lauren? And they're like, sure, we'll get back to you as to when and right. then I get a text like he's available now. And I'm like, yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm uh, getting my makeup done. Yeah. Um But yeah, we spoke and I, I think I was just kinda like, you know, we tried and I tried really, really hard and i loved my experience here but i i don't think i can continue and and he understood what i was saying and it felt good it felt like yeah. a good conversation and then i remember leaving the room and he like passed me on the shoulder and he's like well let me know what you decide uh, and i was like i
0: did i, just, yeah. I
1: did I just did. He go, I was like, "What? What's happening?" <laughs> I just, I just did. Please don't make me come back and quit again. Um,
0: That's interesting.
1: Is, and I was like, "Is this a tactic?" I can't tell. Was I not very clear?
0: Definitely, definitely a tactic.
1: Um, but then uh, our last week of the show, that they, they at the table read, or usually there's like a, a fake sketch to say goodbye to anyone who's leaving, right? Um, and usually, and Colin Jose was usually the one to write that, and so he asked me. He was like. I heard you quit. Do you want me to include you in the sketch? And I was like, I don't know, because I'm not quite sure that Lauren knows I'm leaving. Like, it feels like I have to quit again. But I was was like, yeah, put it put me in the sketch. So I feel like maybe that was when he knew that I was leaving because we're reading the sketch and we're saying goodbye to Vanessa. We're saying bye to Bobby. And then we say bye to me. And those were
0: all the people that were leaving at the end of that season. Yeah. Oh, OK. And,
1: and, you know, we're, we're crying and stuff. And I think that's how a lot of people were like, oh, shit, she's actually leaving. Mm. And yeah, that was and that was it.
0: Yeah, because I, I mean, there it's some sort of like usually when somebody le- if you would have stayed the entire seven years mm-hmm. and it would have kept going the way that it was going. uh, It would have been difficult for you to move on. Yeah, and and the fact that you left after three and a half, four years uh, of your own choosing, and then you had to sort of reinvent your approach to show business on your own without having that cachet. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a weird. Yeah, I mean, I think the foresight of it was, if I stay here the full contract and it keeps going like this, I'll I'll be, you know, kind of like uh, exiled to obscurity in a way. Yeah. Right. So if you quit after three and a half years because you want to do something else and you have that much belief in yourself, I mean, that must have been pretty scary.
1: Yeah, it was. But also it felt really good. It felt it was like I and and I think to some people it looked like, oh, she must have other stuff going on. I did not.
0: <laughs> I, did, right.
1: I didn't have a plan. I just was like, I just know I can't be here anymore. But
0: you also realize that, like, you know, the people that launch out of SNL, it becomes pretty apparent you know, all I don't know how you know when, mm-hmm. but you sort of know, yeah, right? Who's going to like you know be you know shot out of the cannon yeah. and be huge, yeah? You know, I mean that's sort of what that show does for, sure. for certain people. And I I know don't know that I ever thought about it like this before, but there's plenty of people that are sitting there going like I don't know if I'm gonna have my turn in the cannon, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people on that show. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. I, I was number seventeen when I was hired. That's a that's a fat cast.
0: Wow. So, what were you, you just came out here, or what'd you do?
1: I stayed in New York for a little while longer, um, and then I just started, I mean, then I started getting roles. I shot a a show on Comedy Central called Robbie with Rory Scoville.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: um, That was in the last OG for a bit. um,
0: So, how'd you like working with him?
1: uh, I also, (laughs) he's great. He's (laughs) great.
0: He's a little nutty.
1: He's nutty. Tracy's amazing. I mean, he also like...
0: There's nobody like him.
1: There's nobody like him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there was also like some like SNL alum love there that I really love and appreciate. And also I remember when he um, dropped by the show, um, he was in my office and he, he was like, he gave me one of the best pieces of advice. I, I don't even think I asked for it, but he was sa- saying something like, uh, you can't ask for permission here anymore. Don't ask, like you got the job. Don't ask for permission here. Like sh- start showing your teeth, and that did kind of shift me. I do I do feel like uh, I showed my teeth in different ways because by the time I left, I, I think also because I knew I was leaving, I didn't feel like small. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't like right. Oh, maybe I should ask for this. And I would just be like, I want this. This is not happening. You know, I would just be clear. Sometimes it didn't always work, but yeah. um, sometimes it would. Like I had a a nice win where I wrote a Mother's Day sketch with Sudi Green and Julio Torres called The Cut and it was about when moms cut their hair short, where it's like yeah. short on the sides and spiking on the top. Yeah. It's like typical mom cut. Um, that's when they know they're a mom and uh and it's kind of like a horror sketch, but we wrote it and there were like so many Mothers Day sketches already. And yeah. one of the producers came into the office and was like, We don't have time to read this one so we're not we're gonna bump it. And I was like, I think we should really read it. And she's like, okay. I don't, I don't even know how I phrase it, but yeah. I convinced her to read it. Yeah. We did read it. Lauren loved it. It got in the show. He called it a perfect sketch. And I was like, it went from not even, almost not being read at all mm. to now it's like one of the best sketches of that night. Yeah. And because I said, no, thank you. I'd like to read it. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Nice things like that. Happen.
0: That's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems to me that not unlike your audition that you feel like you did everything you could do.
1: I do feel that way, yeah.
0: And that, you know, it's not for any shortcoming of yours. Yeah. That shit did not work out. Yeah.
1: And also, like, and also, sometimes shit doesn't work out. Like, I've dated really nice, good people. (laughs) You know, perfectly good on-paper people. And it didn't work out. So it's like, this show's great. I'm great. And sometimes the combination doesn't work for whatever reason. And I'm, like, so glad I was there. And I'm also so glad for everything that happened because i do feel like i left like a better writer a better communicator a stronger person i feel like i can do literally anything like i you know
0: well, it seems like you do do a lot of things yeah
1: <laughs> I, do, I do a lot of things yeah
0: i mean and that like i think that if you think about spending the other two and a half or three years there which would mean you really only had time to do the one thing mm-hmm. it probably would have been a different outcome yeah. So you just started booking roles pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I got um an NBC pilot, and the more things started pulling me to LA. So then, yeah. I, then I was like, okay, I'll move to LA. And then yeah, yeah
0: great and things. You, and you've been here since. I've
1: been here since. Yeah.
0: And it seems like you're pretty well integrated into the world of comedy yeah. around here.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Still doing stand up. Um, Do you? Yeah. Where? Um, the improv. I don't know random alt spaces, but yeah. um. Yeah, it's w- definitely write not as stuff. much as I used to. Yeah, I haven't written new stuff in a while, but it's yeah. like I think it's my pandemic brain. Like I couldn't, I re- truly thought nothing was funny for a year.
0: How long have you been doing the podcast?
1: Um, I think like two years. Yeah,
0: mm, and it's going well.
1: It's going well. Yeah, people like it. I like it. We were doing live shows at Largo for a minute. That was really fun. Oh
0: yeah, I just did a show over there. I, yeah, the, it's. I like Oregon.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh,
0: how did the live shows go?
1: They're great, um, you know. It's just like us. It's an
0: amazing business to, to, to that we can get away with that if we want I to. I
1: know, just to like Sit talk to your talk friend and, and people, people like it. It's crazy. Yeah, actually, talking about a lifestyle podcast from yeah. earlier, uh, Nicole texted me a screenshot of a, of a Reddit post because so, at some point in time during the podcast, I think I went on a rant about how women need to like look at their pussies and I talk about this in my act as well just like look look at yourself like we've been told for so long this is like a secret spot no one wants to look at it yeah but we got to look at it. It's yeah. yours. Yeah. And this woman looked at it and, like, found a precancerous, like, growth. <laughs> but, like, wouldn't have if she didn't wow. just, like, like actually get down there and look at it. You
0: inspired her to I We saved to, somebody's
1: life. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just by telling them to look at their pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like, yeah. I mean, I, that's very proactive. I mean, maybe I should tell people to look at their <laughs> I mean, but actually, yes. <laughs> well, it's weird that you don't, like, how much can you look at I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with my, my stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's just like to know I have what I more it... time
0: than most people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I think just to know it. Sure. So my... that when something's different, you yeah, know... Yeah, you could
0: at least say that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I have two now. When did that happen?
1: <laughs> I should get this checked out.
0: <laughs> or maybe not. Uh... <laughs> but what, now, when did, uh, because it seems like as with the stand-up, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm connecting things but Mm -hmm. what was this this uh, role that you were asked to uh, engage in with the ACLU
1: oh um that was kind of because of stand-up I think people from the ACLU heard my material Uh and were like oh this kind of aligns with the stuff that we're doing and I, I work with the women's rights project so it's a lot of talking about women's issues and what needs to be done to like maintain our rights in this country how'd they reach out to you um that's a good question maybe they i think someone just emailed me yeah um and they were like we like your stuff will you like kind of be a mouthpiece for us and i was like yeah totally and it kind of felt like an honor to be asked and i've written sketches for them essays and really spoke on different events so it's just a nice way that i can kind of bring humor and break things down for them and because they're like they have a lot of law jargon going on sure. so i can like make it more digestible and yeah. then also they give me information that i can put into my material to get to my audience too where i'm like oh this is what's happening right now like we should sure. be talking about this. you can
0: be yeah educated yeah and up to speed exactly yeah i i uh, i thank god for the asl the aclu mm-hmm. i mean oh my god I don't know where the hell we would be without them over the last four years. Yeah, like I give only give to a few different charities. It's definitely one of them. Yeah, and one of them is a, a tiger rescue in North Carolina.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's also important. I love tigers.
0: Big cats.
1: Big cats. I have one right here.
0: Oh yeah, a tattoo on my. Arm. Have you been over there? To there's a North Carolina. I'm pretty sure it's in North Carolina. Yeah, I mean I go there whenever I'm in Raleigh no it's a it what they do is like a lot of people like there's not laws that say you can't buy big cats i know so people buy them when they're little and then all of a sudden they've got full-sized tigers
1: yeah it's pretty dumb
0: yeah well this place gets those oh good and they just have all these cats that are just hanging around, all different kinds of big cats they, they save them from roadside attractions too Oh, good. You know, like like these like horrible little zoos. Yeah, and, and people just don't know what they're getting into. I don't. I yeah. don't understand people. Have you I been generally...
1: to? Do you know what South of the Border is? No. It's like a roadside attraction. It's a, I pass it all the time when we were taking road trips when I was younger, and there'd be these huge billboards. I'd be like, "Kids, tell your parents you want to go to South of the Border." And then I was on a road trip.
0: Yeah. During the
1: pandemic, actually. Um, really? Recently? Recently? Yeah. And we passed through South Carolina. I was like, "Oh my god, I've always wanted to see this thing. Like, it's it just seems so weird. We got to go." And, we, and it's on the border of um, South Carolina and North Carolina. Yeah. So it's south of the border. And uh, they had this reptile terrarium or whatever you call it. And like- Everything looked so sick and sad, like just these alligators and this like too small tank and these snakes. And I was like, why is this here? Who checks on this? Is this okay? Yeah. Um, It's not. It's not.
0: No, it's not like they have a zookeeper.
1: I don't think so. (laughs) I think it's some teenager that just like throws meat in there. It's sad. Yeah.
0: So what's going on with the the ABC show?
1: Uh, Home Economics. Yeah. We're shooting right now. We're shooting the second season right now. We shot the first season earlier this year. We're moving very fast. Um, a premiere is September twenty second, but yeah, it's a fun family comedy. And so you're busy. I'm busy. Yeah, and I, I yeah shooting the shooting that now. I just shot Woke season two.
0: Is your did they expand your role in Woke? Are you in all yeah. of them? Yeah, oh, I good.
1: am. Yeah. Um, it's very exciting. It's like uh I think the first season was really analyzing the main character's journey on becoming woke right. and seeing more of what the world is. Yeah and now i feel like we're analyzing how there's no right way to be woke and and like everyone's ideology and how they how how they kind of present information or receive information in the world doesn't necessarily mean it's better than a different version
0: or or yeah right better or, or even yeah real
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i think it's cool i think i'm really excited for the season
0: oh that's great yeah and then you got the podcast yeah you're okay. Well, that's great. Now, wait. I saw a bit you did about working at Disney World. Did you really work there? I did.
1: Yeah, I was uh, uh in Florida. In Florida, Disney World. I was doing the Disney College Program. So I
0: what? was a character
1: performer. I walked on stilts. I did puppets.
0: When was this? This is in
1: 2007. When I was still in college. So it was like a semester and a summer.
0: This was uh, like you signed up for the Disney. What is it? College called?
1: program. Yeah.
0: It was a. Uh, what was what? What were you thinking when you did that? <laughs> I mean, like, what do you think you would get out of that?
1: I think I wanted some sort of like, I guess, study abroad internship program, but it's not really abroad. I know. Or Atlanta, Or Orlando. Yeah. I know. I, just, I don't know. I just saw it and was like, that looks cool. And I do like Disney, but it was a really fun experience. And, um, and I think it was also a way for me to be like, oh, I can work and perform. I, I just like felt like something different than school.
0: So you learned how to be on stilts?
1: I did, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I still have a pair of stilts in my closet that I haven't been on in years, but yeah, yeah. They teach you how to walk st- on stilts
0: for what? For what reason? Just to have for the to-
1: parade. Oh, I was in Mickey's Jam and Jungle Parade
0: on stilts on stilts. And you were also in a suit.
1: Yeah, I would be a lizard, yeah. or, or a porcupine, which no one liked that costume. No, and was-
0: no other big characters.
1: I was friends with, that's what you're supposed to say, because so, <laughs> you can't be like, I was Pluto, because Pluto is Pluto. Oh. But I was friends with Pluto. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, no. I'm glad you're still honoring the protocol, <laughs> the Disney protocol. Well,
1: I still work for Disney. I still work for ABC. <laughs> oh, that's
0: true. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not, But you're in uh, a different... You're friends with who's your character? On, <laughs> well, I'm friends oh, with
1: Denise now. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Um,
0: yeah. So, you were, you were wearing the head.
1: I was wearing the head. Pluto was fun because um, kids love Pluto because it's a big old dog. Yeah. And they'd yeah. be like, You remind me of my dog. Oh. And I'd be like, You're, I'm on two legs, though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like yeah, six yeah. feet tall. Like, there's um, no way I remind you of your dog. Do you I like kids? I, I like kids all right. Yeah. They're okay. They're okay.
0: Yeah, I guess it's okay. To be a, yeah, to, you're in a puppet, but I would, it would be bad if you were in the puppet and you didn't really like kids.
1: Oh yeah. No, I right. liked entertaining the kids and also I interact with them just like for a second Sure, and then they look so happy and then they run off and go with their parent I don't have to see them again.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you.
1: Yeah. It was great talking to you too.
0: Um, what happens now? you going to go eat?
1: I guess so. Yeah. I haven't really <laughs> eaten anything today.
0: <laughs> I don't think I did either. I worked out though. Did oh. you work out? What do you do in the morning?
1: It really varies. I worked out yesterday morning. Yeah. This morning I took a, took a COVID test because I for work. Oh yeah. And then I meditated.
0: At home you took the COVID test. Did they sent no, somebody over.
1: No, I had to go to the set, which is. Maybe fine. I'll
0: take one today. Yeah. I have them.
1: Oh per, oh nice.
0: <laughs> I got, got a bunch of boxes of them. Yeah. The problem is like, like because I go on the road, so I just want to make sure I'm not the guy. Right. Spreading it. Right, right, right. And I'll I'll take it when I get back. But I'm also like, I never feel great Mm -hmm. ever. So, like, (laughs) like, it's kind of random. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many I'm going to go through. I really have to, you know, (laughs) manage them. Yeah. I'll do it like set. What do you do every three days? Yes. Okay.
1: Or every other day. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is when we do it.
0: So, you got a negative test today, and uh, that's
1: that's fun. So, I'm in the clear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Talk to you soon. Yeah. That was Sashir Zameda. Watch her on the ABC show Home Economics, the Hulu show Woke, and uh, listen to her podcast, uh, Best Friends with Nicole Byer. Uh, Here are some tour dates. I will be at Helium in St. Louis, September 16, 17, and 18. I believe there are some tickets there, St. Louis. I will be at the Neptune Theater in Seattle, Washington on September 22nd. I will be at the Aladdin Theater uh, on September 24th, Two shows, I believe the 7 p.m. show is sold out. Tickets, I believe, available for the 10 p.m. show. The Comedy Attic in Bloomington, uh, September 30th, October 1st and 2nd, I believe is sold out. Sorry. Dynasty Typewriter, October 4th, uh, 8 p.m. I don't know if that's sold out. Dynasty Typewriter, October 10th, 8 p.m. That's probably not sold out. New York City, the uh, New York Comedy Festival at Town Hall, November 13th. And there's also a Largo date. Uh, somewhere in there. I'll get that to you later. Uh, go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all of the tickets for the upcoming dates. And now I'll play some guitar with you. Dirty guitar with you, to you, through a phase shifter.